0: Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, hello and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. As the COVID pandemic grinds on, I know here there have been 200,000 deaths in America. How are you and your spouse, kids, and teenagers getting along? Across the USA, we're uh, witnessing a crazy quilt of methods that local school boards are adopting this autumn from completely online instruction to various forms of partial at-home and staggered in-person learning. But whatever your school district's per- uh, current learning process, I'm certain that, that as a parent being um, uh COVID-19 has been a rude awakening for you and something you've never witnessed before. And parenting has never been easy, but being quarantined with your children while you perhaps also are unemployed, working from home or on the pandemic front line, are making parenting much harder. And now that schooling is resumed in some form, to one degree or another, you are now forced to homeschool, supervise the learning process yourself. Ensure that your offspring are dedicated appropriate time and energy to schoolwork and are keeping up with classmates, not damaging their futures. And my guest today, veteran educator, prolific author, and bullying prevention expert, Lori Marshall is here with some creative suggestions that will help your whole family get along better during the pandemic and safely blow off stress. And I'm certain she'll offer suggestions how you and a parent can suggest your children's education, and we'll also talk about safe ways for your teens, even your young children, to socialize during the pandemic, not just be told what they can't do. And here are a few highlights of Lori Marshall's qualifications. She's been a certified social studies and art teacher for 35 years and, believe it or not, has worked in rural inner-city and suburban schools, and she has a pretty broad age range. She's worked with children from kindergarten through 12th grade. That's as broad as you can get. And she is committed to a collaborative process, letting everyone know that whatever idea comes to them is needed by the overall. And she focuses on each student's spark. And she's trained over 6,000 teachers in process-based training and facilitated 125 bully prevention nature-based murals with over 25,000 people in schools, nonprofits, and government agencies, including NASA and FEMA. And she's author of multiple books, including Beating the Odds Now, 10 Steps for Teachers to Meet the Standards and Still Love What You Do. And hello, Lori Marshall, and welcome to Middle Age to be your best age.
1: Oh, thank you, Roy. My, my heart just gets so big listening to what you are describing about the reality that parents are facing now. Yeah, it's never it been is, more scary. <laughs> it is it is huge and we are called upon to have faith in life when life is challenging us at a degree that's so huge and we having faith in the that the unknown is um gonna be based and the beauty and miracle that there is any life or love in the universe in the first place. Yeah. Why is that, right? If yeah. we, we have life and love on this earth and what you put your attention to grows, where your attention goes, the energy flows. So it is such a time to focus on how much we treasure our children, how much we treasure our parents that are doing such a magnificent and terrifying job. and as a
0: parent, how much we treasure each other, our spouses as well.
1: Yes, (laughs) we treasure our spouses and treasure our elders, the grandparents, and it is time For Martin Luther King's vision of the beloved community to grow and take a huge leap in humanity's consciousness—that we are all
0: now from his vision and the way things are today. Now we have the Supreme Court dispute
1: on top of everything else. (laughs) It is very, very tough. And our thank you so much for uh, mentioning to find every child's spark, because yeah. every child from the thousands of children I've worked with come in with their particular unique uh, questions and uh, imagination. Just like they have unique DNA and unique irises and unique thumbprints, we need their unique visions and questions, and to really take them seriously and to engage them in this tough time with with solving problems together. They don't yeah. want to do make-believe busy work.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they, they really involve them so they feel like they're contributing to uh, the problems being solved rather than just telling them what to do.
1: <laughs> exactly, because... We adults feel helpless with two hundred thousand yeah. people having died from COVID, yeah. and, um, and to empower uh, children and to like e- even the simple things of sending cards to people, um, yeah. of uh, of do- doing a nice service like leaving flowers outside somebody's door or, yeah. or baking food for people as Martin Luther King said again, there's there's nobody who can't be of service.
0: No. There's that's so
1: true. And children come in wanting to be of service and wanting to help. And so we all
0: feel so much better when we are of service to someone else. Yes. Old or young, anyone does.
1: Yeah. And and the the quest for uh emotional intelligence for uh knowing what we're feeling for listening to our body's pain and uh, discomfort and understanding that that is important data to use to make requests, that training is is so very important. And if we can help the kids with time in instead of time out, that when when they have behaved in a way that doesn't work and that's hurtful, that they have a place that they can go and there's a display of a different range of emotions and pencil and paper and uh, uh, colors to uh, write and draw their upset and take that space to self-reflect, not alone, because kids aren't able to articulate why they do things. Well, if you have to ask a kid, why did you do that? They will never know. <laughs> Our they, son he
0: was little did something wrong and he'd say, I don't know. <laughs> so or, what, why did you go down the street alone? I don't know. <laughs>
1: so that's a great example. So instead of asking why, which I did a million times with my kids too, yeah.
0: um,
1: if we can practice saying, I was really scared when you went down the street. Yeah. So that you're modeling what your feelings were yeah. as well as saying, when you went down the street, did you want to be on your own and independent and exploring
0: yeah, so right. that
1: you give them possibilities? Yeah. Or did you, when you went down the street, did you, um, did you want to get something?
0: Yeah.
1: Or when you went down the street, did you know that that would make me so frightened that you could possibly get hurt really bad? Did you know that? Yeah, the the main
0: street down at the end of the street, and I don't want you going into that street, obviously.
1: Because I Uh, love you so much, and I don't ever want you to get hurt. So uh, this is the time when us grown-ups get to not deny the pain that we're feeling and express it in ways that are very loving and very kind. Um, In
0: your promotion, you offer five simple tools for stressed-out parents to help everyone in the family, parents, teens, and kids get along better and safely blow off steam. And to begin our discussion, could you please give us these five tools? I'm all ears.
1: (laughs) Oh, Lord, Roy, I'm not sure if I can, but (laughs) I can can give you some. Give you as many as you can. All written down, yes. So one tool is your creativity and imagination. Yeah and your children will feed that so beautifully so instead of <clears throat> um uh, i've been working a lot with uh, my 3 year old grandson who is, watches television and sees things that he wants on tv yeah. <laughs> um so i grant them that i grant he can have every wish he wants in the world of imagination uh-huh. oh yes i want that that monster truck, too, I want the green one. Which one do you want and so, instead of saying don't want i 'm using imagination yeah. to uh, to grant the wishes um, and to explore with them also yeah. using using imagination is such an important key to emotional intelligence because things will come out in our imagination that express what 's up with us and what's worrying. Yeah. Um, I I make balloons that have um, angry faces and happy faces and sad faces and scared faces and tell a story and you can play with oh what's the, what is the main character feeling now and they can point to the balloon and then kick the balloon ar- around. <laughs> so part part of uh, creativity. Oh, did you want to say something? Well,
0: I like the one where you place paper bags over their heads yeah. to convey uh, emotions such as anger and silliness or fear or whatever. Yeah. That sounds like a real fascinating idea for a family.
1: Yeah, it's very, very simple. Um, having a, a circle time as the kids get older is a very important and useful tool. This is a tool that came from indigenous people all over the planet that we at the end of the day would sit in circle and share stories of what we want to celebrate and stories of our hardships and uh, having a family circle time on a regular basis where people just say, this is what I want to celebrate. This is what was hard. Sometimes we call it the rose and the thorn where somebody shares what was beautiful and fragrant and what was painful like mm. a prickly thorn um and then when you do that on a regular basis the the young people know that they have a place to come and share their feelings um
0: yeah and their <laughs> feelings are just as important as the parents yes you have to get yes. that Another I like the uh, families make a practice of singing and dancing together is one of your recommendations.
1: You exactly, yes. Yeah. So for millions of years, um, we lived in villages. Yeah. Uh, and in the village, we sang and danced together. Yeah, that
0: was before and we, TV took over the world and now the Internet.
1: <laughs> exactly. So now the kids are watching people sing and dance, and yep. they're not singing and dancing yeah. together. And yeah, they're not
0: bringing out their own creativity. They're just watching someone right.
1: else. Exactly. Um, another very important thing is to stay very connected to nature as much as possible. Oh, yeah. And get to, get uh, your
0: kids outside as much as you can where it's yeah. safe, obviously. But.
1: And to uh, observe with nature... Uh, and share colors and textures and how they live and how they get fed and the miracle of every life form on our planet is uh so important for children to get to see
0: yeah, and we,
1: you you mentioned that TV and internet are so powerful when kids watch TV it's really important to watch it with them
0: yeah. and
1: and to say wow, that person just hurt that other person's feelings, yeah. you know, or or that monster truck hurt the mayor's feelings in yeah. Paw Patrol, which I've been watching lately. Um, oh. <laughs>
0: yeah, a, a participatory activity where you're actually discussing some things that they're seeing rather than just uh, stick them there to keep them out of the way. <laughs>
1: yes, and I know that young parents are so busy um, and so overwhelmed. And I, I understand having the the TV there, but as much as possible, watch watch it and talk with them about what you're seeing, and ask them what they're seeing. You know, um, it's so very important. And well, the last thing explain,
0: you had one suggestion on there. Please mm-hmm. explain how uh, taking three breaths before you lash out at your spouse or kids can center you and prevent harm to your relationships. How do we? Uh, what any suggestions on how to take those breaths?
1: That's such a tough one because I think we have like point four seconds to interrupt yeah. when we are going to attack back. Yeah. Um, so, so even just stopping and saying, um, "I have a lot of emotion right now, and I need to calm myself down." Yeah, if, that's if we, key. if we yeah. adults can practice that. Uh, and show our our kids that we're we're struggling with it, and yet we are we did it you know, wow, I stopped myself yeah. <laughs> from you know what a great thing to celebrate um um it, so I just want to honor how hard it is to interrupt the attack back response yeah. and that it is possible, and you can work on it as a family. Um to take those breaths or to say, I'm having too many feelings come up. Um, I'm really triggered is a great thing to say. <laughs> and it's not easy to stop and even say that.
0: Yeah, you take the in, take a breath in and count to four and then let it out and count to four. So I don't know just how yes. to do that, but I know I've heard yes. tr- instructions on that.
1: That works as well.
0: Well, let's say your 10-year-old daughter, Susie, socializes daily, does homework, and plays together with her best friend, Ann, down the street. To your knowledge, there's no positive COVID-19 exposure in either household. Should you attempt to limit or completely eliminate all contact between your daughter and her friend? How do you handle that situation?
1: That's really tough. I, I think if there's no COVID in both families... Yeah. and they are wearing masks when they go out in public yeah. um and they're, they're you know that they're being really thoughtful um i think the kids wearing masks could be together
0: yeah
1: that's um, a good point. um and you know none of us this is uncharted territory um Another thing, because imagination and creativity is so important. Like, where in the textbook do we find the solution to COVID? We don't. Uh, we got to make it up. That it, that the kids can do collaborative, creative things together using internet, um, using Zoom. They can yeah. they can make messages about what's important to them. They can make artwork and photograph it. They can tape themselves talking. Uh, There's these kids that were really upset by how the immigrant children were being taken away from their families and put in cages. And these two little girls, I think they were 11, made this project of making butterflies and inviting people to make butterflies and they people from all over the world sent them butterflies, and it's a symbol of migration because oh. all butterflies migrate. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh And they made huge, they covered walls and walls with butterflies. That's the kind of thing that if you keep asking the children what's important to you, what makes you feel joy, what breaks your heart. Yeah. They will come up with important projects to do to help heal the heartbreak.
0: Yeah. Well, here's one of the most difficult issues nowadays. You, either alone or along with your spouse, are attempting to work from home at the same time your kids are learning, either part-time or full-time from home. Is it possible to establish for yourself isolation periods or zones Maybe physical except a separation, or times of day when you are not to be disturbed, except for extreme emergencies. And does this work with little kids? How do you, How do you work that out?
1: I love your questions, Roy. They're so hard.
0: If only I knew <laughs> the answer. Yes,
1: yes, um, yes. Absolutely, to be creative and say this is my boundary.
0: Yes. Models
1: to the kids that they can do that. As yeah. well, and to also be sure that you're not digitally distracted when you are with your kids, yeah, that you're fully sure. present with them.
0: Yeah, you uh, have to and turn put, off the work when you're outside that yeah, work zone. That's for
1: sure. And put your phone down, put it someplace else. Um, and uh, with little children, you know, before five, they oh, yeah. just need attention. And, yeah, they do. And and it's it's very, very hard. And, you know, we the problem of COVID has really pointed out how we don't value our children.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> we don't value the people who take care of the children.
0: It's and a little easier if both your wife and you or your husband and you are working from home and then you can uh, have like a relay up. or something where you have time uh, time for your work and she has time or he has time for the work. And yeah. The other one watches the kids, but if you're there, if you're a single parent, it must be extremely difficult.
1: Oh, it just—it is so. It's—it's it's virtually impossible. So we need that beloved village where we're checking in on each other to find out what our neighbors need and what—yeah, that's for sure. What our relatives need, and that's—it's um, so important. And to do what we can, you know, given the fact that we can't. Uh, Easily be in the same room with each other, but we yeah. can still help each other.
0: Yeah,
1: you you can play through the windows. You know, <laughs> children need to be played with. They need stories and they need smiles. And for the older kids, I recommend. Uh, this is my wish, Roy, that our whole education system would shift to um, treating all children like graduate students. That <laughs> they that the kids have deep interest in something and you hook them up with experts and you, you together work on real research and generate new knowledge that has real impact. And there's a, a school system in San Diego um, where the principal had, before COVID, uh, set up kids to explore different possible careers of things that interest them. And each kid had an individualized education program that is usually held for just special ed students. But he had it for all the kids, and he would expose them and connect them to people that are doing whatever that job was. And it didn't matter if it was... a fire person or a garbage truck guy. Like, you know, my three-year-old is in love with garbage trucks. And What a great job
0: great. Uh, and an important great. job. Yeah, and, so,
1: important. and so when you're uh, taking care of the kids in that individualized way, it, it uh, then they're engaged.
0: Yeah. If
1: you treat them like a cog in the indus- industry, then they're not engaged. And I know
0: you're a big uh, supporter of collaborative project-based learning, and I'm sure it's yeah. hard to do in this time of pandemic. It seems like the pandemic presents a direct challenge to your ideas of collect, collective creative growth through common student projects. Any ideas how we can overcome the challenge of uh, face-to-face isolation and create projects we can work on collectively but apart? <laughs>
1: It's, it's the beauty of the Internet and our creativity.
0: Yeah, we, can
1: do, we can do it. Again, if, if you have a class and you say, you know, class, what, what project do you want to work on that can help what's really hurting you, your family, your community? What can we do together? The kids will come up with stuff and we can figure out how to get it done. I'm well, uh, just, I any know suggestions it's
0: on how we can inspire our at-home preteens and teenagers to be serious about their online studies? Uh, is it possible to let our kids set their own study parameters rather than as firm disciplinarians insisting you will attend classes online from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m.? And you will perform homework from six thirty to nine thirty every evening. No TV, phone, online media, or socialization during these study periods. (laughs) Is is that a good way to do it? (laughs) Obviously not.
1: (laughs) Obviously not. (laughs) But thank you for articulating it. Um, And again, it's having faith that the kids want to learn. Yeah. Because all human beings are built to learn. We are a learning machines. And every child who takes their first step experiences joy, no matter how many tears there were on the way to taking their first step. So the kids are dying for mastery. They want to learn more, and they want to have skills. They want to. Uh, have meaningful work and be able to communicate. And writing and telling stories is such a, a powerful tool. So all knowledge can be communicated in creative ways. Oh, yeah. And whatever whatever kids are learning, it's so natural that they want to share what they're learning
0: yeah that nobody thinking, wants to learn and not tell them about what they've learned <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> or their
1: We are social mammals as Covid yeah. has really pointed out to us <laughs> yeah. and um and because the kids are so media savvy savvy they can generate incredible media yeah. um using song and spoken word and visuals of, about what's important to them. And let's let's
0: talk about some of the products and services you offer through your website. First, what is your website address? So
1: um, I have uh, three websites. Oh, uh, wow. This is the problem of being too generative. I make up. T- I have I have too many ideas. I have creative ADD. Somebody said. Um, so I have Laurie marshallcom dot yeah, is where. You have to include
0: that dash between the Laurie and Marshall.
1: Yeah, and that's where I have kind of an overview of uh, my project-based learning support and um, peace building through art support and uh, books. And then um, I have the singingtreeproject.org, which um, shares a project I've been doing for 20 years that was inspired when an eight-year-old girl said, what if the whole world made a painting together? And I said, that's what I want to have happen, not what we're doing. And how possibly can we do that? And I thought of trees, of how all the leaves of a tree work, the whole tree. And I thought of forests, and so that we can make a forest of murals. So I've developed a methodology to um, train people to uh, have a community envision success. To their challenges or heal their heartbreak by uh, making a mural of a tree on the earth in space. And there have been 87 murals made by about 20,000 people from 52 countries. And I'm very excited that I'm going to be training other people to do this peace building through art methodology. And then I have one more website, which is the nonprofit that I founded, which is called Unity Through Creativity. And that is my life's work, to bring together people through their creativity and not through their anger and use of force.
0: .dot .com or .org?
1: That's .org, Unity throughcreativity.org.
0: Okay, I'll have to check out those other two. I found you on that, but, uh, uh You uh, have a section on your website titled, Work with Lori. Please describe the services you offer. Somebody might be interested.
1: Yes, well, um, currently I am very interested in helping facilitate creating a visual image of uh, a community's success. Oh, so that is through the Singing Tree mural. And um, uh, I also have books that I share and um, I offer services in project based learning. I want children to be treated like graduate students. And if that idea resonates with you, I'm glad to talk with your principal. <laughs> with ideas about how that can happen. And you know, the ki- when you're working at home, here's a really radical idea. Especially if you have kids that are eight and up and you have a problem at work, talk to your kids about it. Oh, let is. the kids <laughs> let the kids help you do what you're doing. They yeah, want to know. To talk
0: to them about their problems at school. Talk to them about your problems at work, and ask for they, their
1: advice. Uh, yes, exactly. That's and for right. most, all, for most all of time, kids helped. They knew that you had to carry water, or you wouldn't have water to drink, and they you had to hoe the potatoes, or you wouldn't have potatoes to eat, or you had to hunt. And now they don't know why you would learn algebra. <laughs> um. Or <That's> true. <laughs> and. And so, when you share your work, and don't underestimate them, the we cannot underestimate the brilliance of our children. And when Jesus said a child shall lead them, it's because they have a pure heart, and innocence, and vision that adults need, and we've always needed it, and now more than ever.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. And can you highlight briefly a few of the books you currently offer and where our listeners can find them? I know Meeting the Odds Now is written for teachers, but I think some parents can read that and get a lot of yeah. good ideas.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a gold standard for what your child's education should be. Um, and since a lot of parents are now uh, doing that work, and that's available on Amazon, um, Yeah. And then I've also written, uh, I'm sorry, I also published and illustrated an amazing story called The Flood of Kindness, inspired by Hurricane Katrina, that was written by an eight-year-old boy in his third-grade class of historical fiction. And Deontay Webster is the author. This is also available on Amazon. And it's a story of a child coping with massive historical weather events. And it's about the importance of grieving, the importance of being close to nature, and the importance of building community.
0: Wow, that's really impressive, an eight-year-old. Could
1: do that. oh it's it's an exquisite magical story,
0: I know you also have some with uh books with a bunch of illustrations and like the singing trees, the growing forest, and the yep. inner landscape that was produced by a third place third grade class in Nevada california
1: the inner landscapes are a a fantastic uh, process of, uh, again, asking the child what brings you joy, what makes you feel useful, what's your favorite animal, what's your favorite plant, and uh, laying, having them lay down on, we did it on a quarter-inch Luan plywood oh. and tracing them and then cutting it out with jigsaw. And the kids helped. They loved using a tool. Um, <laughs> and then painting those images and then writing poems about it. Okay. So we want to strengthen the this unique gifts that every child has yeah. well, uh, been born find, with.
0: They can find those books on your website, I guess, or at least. Yes. Find out about them. Well, in conclusion, yes. a word from an Amazon reviewer of Laurie Marshall's book, Weaving the Odds Now. Laurie Marshall is the most wonderful and sweetest soul... Lori provides educators, including you as a parent and educator, the tools to address one of the biggest problems at any time, but especially during the pandemic, motivating your student offspring, keeping their spirits up, and engaging them with what they need to learn and experience. And I suggest you make contact with Lori through her website, lori-marshall.com or one of those other two she mentioned. And thank mm-hmm. you so much for joining us today, Laurie, and best of <laughs> success in all that you, you do. So we certainly need your advice now.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Roy. And everybody that's listening, oh, may you just have strength and faith and, <clears throat> and know that you are loved by all the plants and all the animals and all the mountains and the water and we get to be here on this planet together.
0: And the and uh, wonderful birth in two or three days of your second grandchild. I was happy to oh, yes,
1: that. Oh, yes, yes. My second grandchild is coming in three days, we hope.
0: Oh, so. We hope so. Anyway, thanks a lot for that, and we'll talk to you sometime in the future. Thanks a Thank lot. Thank
1: you, Roy. Bye I really bye. appreciate you. Bye.
0: Well, last week we discussed that old moral dilemma that confronts every one of us during midlife renewal, who comes first, others or me? As you may recall, I recommend it as a worthy second half goal enjoyable servanthood. That simply means you adopt your talents, life skills, and preferences to serve and provide value to others doing what you really like to do in life. A true win-win proposition. Today, we'll talk about allocation of our assets. After we bring our lives into positive emotional balance, we still must confront that perplexing issue of personal resource allocation. Financially, we all need to balance charitable contributions and gifts of time and money to others with personal and family consumption and savings. Our world faces critical resource allocation issues among rich and poor, between present and future generations, and between haves and have-nots within our own communities. There are no simple answers either for you or for world leaders. I cannot presume to tell you how to allocate your time and money. My only advice is to do what seems right. As a freshly transformed woman or man, I have no doubt that you will experience a renewed zest for a living, along with a heightened awareness of the needs and desires of everyone around you, right around you, or throughout the world. Your conscience will guide you in the allocation of limited time and resources. Depending upon your religious faith, you also may wish to pray for divine guidance and refer to scriptures and sacred teachings. As a practical guide to personal resource allocation, I invite you to join me in adopting the following worthwhile motto, Enjoy and Employ. The first word reminds you to enjoy what you have. Once you achieve some degree of financial security, I see no harm in kicking back and enjoying life. Please do not postpone your appreciation of life's pleasures until you're too old to enjoy them. Tomorrow may never arrive. There is no inherent harm in material possessions, so long as you and I utilize them judiciously, are genuinely thankful for what we have, and in no way harm others, and we keep the value of possessions in proper perspective. The second motto reminds you employ a portion of your personal wealth, money, time, energy, and talents in service to others. There is nothing more foolish than undermining midlife renewal through selfish hoarding. A self absorbed, covetous individual inevitably ends up both miserable and unfulfilled. I guarantee that. I'm certain you have learned from personal experience. That the psychic award from sharing with others is infinitely greater than the positive emotions from a world full of possessions. I'll wager your fondest memories of the past are of positive human interactions, collective accomplishments, and extended loving relationships, not material possessions. Do you finally recall as a newlywed scraping to make ends meet? yet routinely approaching life together as a shared, loving adventure? Do you remember the warm, fuzzy emotion from holding your infant son or daughter for 2 a.m. feedings? I trust over the intervening years that growth of your children and advances in career and financial assets have not dampened your willingness to sacrifice for spouse and kids, offering uh, also... Uh, Sacrificing for the world beyond A misguided individual Cherishes possessions And uses people In contrast A genuinely fulfilled individual Cherishes people And uses possessions Search your conscience Read the scriptures Pray for guidance Consult with loved ones Then allocate resources In the precise manner Which your conscience tells you is right Dedicate time, energy, talent, and financial resources to worthy causes because personal sacrifice brings joy and inspiration, not because you feel you must. One thought in closing, you do not need to hit a home run every time. Each one of us should be on constant lookout for every small opportunity to serve. Pay a sincere compliment to a friend. Offer guidance or encouragement to a child. Share a smile and warm greetings with a stranger. Help an elderly uh acquaintance fill out a confusing tax form or Medicare application. Over time it will become your second nature to tune into small immediate needs of those around you. Most of us can begin our service to others by concentrating on the immediate needs of those within our daily circles of influence. Spouse and children, the neighbors next door, close friends and fellow members of your work crew or department at work, habits ingrained from assisting those in close proximity, help fuel the desire to serve the broader community. Before long, you will come to appreciate... Deep within your heart and soul, that genuine concern and active service to others, both are essential elements of authentic life transformation. You and I earn our living by receiving compensation from others, but we make our lives count by giving ourselves away. Never forget that. And these thoughts were taken from my first book, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards, Remember, you can preview and purchase my book from Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or from my website, MiddleAgeRenewal.com. And thanks so much for joining us today. I'll talk to you again next week.